Hey, how is everybody doing? I know you're going to be blessed today. We're doing something a little bit, a little bit different to, today. You know, um, it, it's it, it's a while back when I met this dude outside the Altaki campus. I went up, bit of a skeptic. He comes up. I, I was like, "Hi, my name's uh, uh, Leon." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, mate. How are you?" And not my name. My name's Adam. I'm the senior pastor here, along with my beautiful wife. Did my wife do a good job? She's uh, yeah. Hey, mate, come on, give her, give her a clap. Give her a clap. She's great. But I met this guy outside of, uh, side of church and a bit of a skeptic and, and stuff as he's talking, he's talk, asking this question, that question, what about this, what about, uh, what about that? And I said, what do you do for a job? He said, I'm in the army, I'm in the army. And I'm like, woo. And, and, and it's like, that's pretty cool, that's pretty cool. I like dudes who are, who are you know, serving the country and doing that, uh, that type of thing, which I thought was uh, kind of exciting. But anyway, I, uh, I, I, I said to him, uh, you know, how, how did you find church? We talked a little bit. But as we got to know each other over the next few weeks. It was an interesting uh, journey, but we got to a place in this service. So we're in this service, uh, 11 a.m.s going on up in Altaki, and we got this service to do what we just did before. We prayed for something. We prayed for the army guy. We said, let's pray that this army guy, I didn't even know his name at that stage. Uh, I was like, this is the army guy. Let's pray that he finds Christ today. And so we're all down here, shock upon the air, Lord, help us uh, save that wicked man. And you know, no, it was like, we're doing it God, help him, help him. Oh, crying out to God. And I go up there, I drive up at the end of the thing. He comes out of the service and goes, guess what? I was like, what? He, he, I said, oh, well, actually, I said to him, oh, you've received Christ today. He's like, how'd you know? I said, because we prayed for you in the last service. He's like, wow. So I've always wanted to have this guy share his testimony or his story. Every one of us has a story, absolutely. And so I've always wanted him to share his story. And I thought with Anzac Day just recently celebrated, what better time to get somebody who's in the army serving, uh, serving God and, and loving God and just hear how he found Christ. Are you ready for that? Yeah. All right, salute somebody near you and say, I'm ready. And please all be up standing and let's welcome Sergeant Leon Kingy as he comes to the platform. Come on. Woo. Welcome, welcome. Grab a seat, bro. Kia ora, thank you. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Have your seat. So just uh, tell us, Leon, a little bit. How long have you been in the army? Uh, 19 years now. 19, so 19 years, 19 years. And you're 17. No, how, old, how old are you now? Can we ask that have, question? Have a guess, have a guess. Yeah, um, 42, 39. Come on, come on. Someone else have a guess. No. So I'm 39 at the 39, moment. Well, I was close enough, close, close enough, but that's, you know, the army life. You I, know. I was hoping for a 32. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. so, so tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Where did you grow up? What's your background? And, and uh, you're married, your kids. Just, um, yeah, a little bit of an introduction. Cool, so a quick fly-through, uh, born in Wellington, spent my first 10 years in Tawa. Wow. Um, with my mum, I was lucky, I had my nana just around the corner and an auntie just up the road. Um, my mum my mum fell pregnant with me at 16, um, not in a relationship, it was a party-type hook-up thing that, that happened, and next minute she's got me turning up, so Voila. it wasn't, uh, you know, yeah. it was hard for her, but she, she did the best job she could as, as a mum coming through. Um, Looks like you turned out all right. Yeah, oh, I definitely didn't starve. Um, <laughs> you know, I've yeah. been eating well. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I spent my first 10 years down there. Um, moved up to Ōtaki. Ōtaki, anybody from Ōtaki? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, straight <laughs> up to the Kapi Coast. Ōtaki. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so I spent... 
pretty much the rest of my teenage years, 10 through to 20 there, uh, which was awesome. I, I got to grow up with uh, people like Pastor Callan and, um, and Stacey and lots of other Ōtaki, from people from the Ōtaki campus. So that, that was nice. I was surrounded by some good people and um, hit 20, joined the army as I somehow I always knew I was going to serve in some way. Um, but yeah, the army seemed the natural fit for me at the time, so I, I slotted into there. Uh, met my lovely wife in Ōtaki at Ōtaki College at 17. So we'll meet her. Come on, Melissa, stand up, turn around so everybody can give her a clap. <laughs> so, yeah, a very special woman, um, especially hang around with me for this long. So, <laughs> 23 years. Amen, amen. 23 amen. years she put up with me. It's been awesome. Uh, hopefully she'll hang around a bit longer. Um, <laughs> she's blessed me with three sons, yeah. uh, Cadence, Max, and Cassius. Uh, and yeah, joined the army, posted around the country, we've been all around in all the different campuses, uh, sorry, camps, and ended up back in Linton about five years ago, five, six years ago, and that's when we moved back to Ōtaki and set up home there, we've, wow. we've bought our house and that's us. So, so you grew up with uh, Callan there and Stacey and I think Mason as well uh, from, from Ōtaki, how was Callan as a kid, was he alright? <laughs> I, I mean, what an angel. <laughs> Never in trouble. No, no, no. So, so, Callan and I were probably the two most mischief people in, in Ōtaki College coming through. They needed Jesus, not, I tell you. Not probably, actually, we were. So, if there was ever any trouble in Ōtaki or Ōtaki College, they'd come looking for us too, pretty much, uh, and our crew. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, he, when he became a policeman, we were all, all the, the bros, we were cracking them, like, come on. How did, how did you get into the police, for starters? Um, but, you know, obviously he's got an inside, inside knowledge on, on how the criminal mind works, so <laughs> we got him. And actually, he also became a pastor. I mean, that blew my mind as well. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, but, you know, we had a great uh, bond, I suppose, uh, within our, our year that went to college that year. We were very tight. We went through Form 3 in the bilingual unit, essentially all the way through to Form 7. Um, we were a group that... Of, of young Māori, we were the biggest group of young Māori to actually go all the way through and get to seventh form. And and it was great teachers, obviously, but also I think the great bond that we all had. Uh, How did you feel when he joined the Air Force? Uh, well, luckily he joined the Air Force before I joined the Army, so I couldn't, you know, berate him too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was a more natural progression into the military forces. Um, but yeah, policemen, come on. Really? <laughs> I was like, I know what you've done, bro. He's like, you know. <laughs> Don't you give me that ticket. <laughs> so, so, so what motivated you to join the army? What, what motivated you? What was the... Like I said, I've always had that sense of knowing I was going to serve. Yeah. Um, coming through. But I think um, what I, now that I've opened my heart to the Lord and I've, I've reflected on my life... Uh, I think I always had a, a desire to be bigger and stronger and and be able to fight. You know, back in those days, it was about being strong and being able to fight and defend myself. And and I guess that sort of come from uh, as a as a young man, or not a young man, as a child, I was I was actually sexually abused wow. when I was about nine years of age um, by one of my mother's boyfriends at the time. And 
praise God that I, I don't really have a lot of memories on that. It's sort of that, wow. that part of my life, sort of nine till nine till ten, is is blank in my mind. It's like it got deleted for some reason, um, which is which Jesus. is a blessing. Mm. Um, but I think that that put into me a sense of desire to be able to defend myself and become bigger and stronger, etc., right. etc. Et um, in the back of my mind, you know, it, it, in the front of my mind was more of the you know, I want to serve my nation and all that stuff you, you hear when you go and see the recruiters and they, and I'll tell you, recruiters will tell you whatever they need to tell you <laughs> to get you to join, okay? So just be careful, youth are <laughs> signing up. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, there was that front thing, you know, that front facade of, yeah, I want to be, serve my nation and be all those things. But I think also in the background, what I only know since opening my heart to the Lord was that, that desire to be, be able to take care of myself and get bigger and stronger. All right. Wow. Well, thanks for opening up, uh, up about that. So where, where, where have you been deployed and where, where, have, you, where have you served? Uh, so I served, well, I was in, in New Zealand, I was um, lucky enough to be part of the Canterbury, uh, the Christchurch earthquake. Um, and this is, a lot of people don't know this part of the story, but it was, to, you know, to me, it's a God thing now. I look back on it, but... The army was predominantly all sitting down in Littleton at the time of that earthquake. Wow. So we had a big exercise going on. We were um, coming from Linton, which is our biggest camp with where most of our resources are, and we were on the HMZ, NS, whatever the Navy call it, their boat. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're on a boat, and, you know, our tax, it's like a ferry for the army. And... Um, <laughs> They've, they've taken us down to Littleton and we've parked up and in there, we, we parked up there loading up the guys from Burnham getting ready to head further south for this big exercise when the earthquake struck. So we were able to have boots on the ground out there in Littleton within 30 minutes. Uh, the first lot of us jumped off and went out and within hours we had equipment, you know, dozers and um, our big labs that are able to grade roads and get those boulders out of the way. We had them out on the ground within hours which was amazing, but to have all that there sitting there with medics, you know, to be able to go and help and do medical things, um, sitting there when that earthquake hit, is, yeah. you know, you can't tell me that's not God. God is good. So you also served in Afghanistan? Yeah, I got, some, um, got to go to Afghanistan. That was, uh, it, it's awesome. We just, you know, when you join the army, you really want to deploy. It's, you know, when you're at home, training, training, that's what you want to do. You want to get out and do the business. Um, so yeah, I was lucky enough to get in there for Crib 21, which was the last deployment to Afghanistan for our main group of soldiers. Uh, we basically went in there and got the place ready to hand over to the Afghanistan police and army and officials so they could keep the place safe and pack everything up and, and get it out of there wow. safely. So what was probably, uh, you know, you've been in the army for a while, what, what would you say would be one of the most dangerous things you've experienced or, <laughs> or freaky things? Uh, so, most dangerous thing I've ever done is sit in a, a Unimog, which is our big trucks you see driving down the road, with a, you know, 17, 18-year-old driver <laughs> who's only just got their car licence, you know what I mean? That's, um, so, that's the real risk. When we deploy overseas, there's a perceived risk, which yeah. is what's going through our minds all the time, that you're actually in a country where people literally are trying to kill you. If, if you give them the opportunity to do so, they are going to do so. Um, so... You feel, you feel that fear, I suppose, in the back of your mind. Of course, we keep it all down and deep because we're all full of bravado and you know, <laughs> got some medals and stuff, you know, <laughs> as men do. But it's always there, that, that fear of, of danger. And 
I had a few times when um, I was out, I had a small group of guys with me and, you know, you have a, a suspicious looking vehicle coming down the road towards you and those your thoughts start running about, okay, what's going on in this vehicle? Is it is it going to blow up? Mm. Is it going to be someone with a, a rifle that's going to shoot you? Um, et cetera. So you do have that fear and you, you get a heightened sense of alertness and everyone sort of gets ready to, to crack it into it if we have to. Have to. So mm-hmm. that you, you feel a lot of fear in those instances. Yeah. Um, but that's perceived risk. You know, nothing nothing actually happens. The car goes past and you're like, <laughs> But yeah, young driver in a Unimog. <laughs> real fear, real danger. <laughs> and all those parents who have taught their children to drive, no, so they can say amen right, uh, right there. So you ended up at church. How did uh, Sergeant Leon end up uh, at church? You didn't grow up going to church or how, how did that happen? So I grew up uh, without any sort of church at all in my life, um, except for my nana. My nana would take me along. She was a Catholic. She'd take me along to church every now and then when I was staying with her. And all what I remember of church back then was, you know, some angry old guy up the front <laughs> and having to kneel on these wooden things. And, yeah, I think we were always getting growled. It was like we were always getting growling. That, that was my memories of, 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 of religion and church. Um, as I... I guess for me, it, well, I didn't realise this until I opened my heart to the Lord, and that was that throughout my life I was being moved towards Christ all the time. Um, you know, the move from Otaki, uh, sorry, from Ta- uh, Ottawa down to Otaki, you know, and being surrounded by people like uh, Callan and Stacey and some other friends of mine that all that all went through um, St. Peter Chanel, so they had a good foundation of of religion. Mm. Um, the fact that I met Melissa at the age of 17, who, who had also come through with, with Christianity. So I was, as I reflect back, there was lots of times I was getting put right. into positions where God was maybe showing me a little bit of light, a little bit of light a long way, but I was so dark. I was so dark, I, uh, you know, I blocked that out for a long, long time. Right, right. Um, as we got, as we fast forward through life, um, I suppose... Melissa started going to church when we got back to Ōtaki, and she said, oh, will you come to church with me? And I'm like, oh, no, mate, this, this, hey, I'm not going to deny you well, your Why faith. did she decide to go? Uh, but what a change, because she obviously wasn't going to church. That's very naughty, Melissa. But, <laughs> but she decided to, to, to go back to church. What made that, that happen for her? We, we were going through some tough times with our, our older boys. Um, also, I deployed to Afghanistan. So when we deploy, they, the government... On the TV, they tell you we go for six months. We actually go for seven and a half months. Um, it's it was a real difficult time when I went away and left Melissa with a sixteen-year-old, a fourteen-year-old, and a eight, no, <laughs> sorry, fifteen, thirteen, and you know, sevenish. <laughs> so, but those, you know. We understand. And, and those boys are like pretty much exactly like me at that age, you know, just just doing what teenage boys do and, and get up to mischief in Ōtaki. Right, right. Um, so it was a very hard time for her throughout there, and I think her and her mother, Gail, ended up deciding that we need, they needed to go back to church. Is that right, oh. babe? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so so she started back at church, yeah. um, and she comes, you know, she's tried to get me to go. I'm like, no way, man. It's not my thing. It's your thing. Crack on. And uh, she's come back from church. She's like, hey, all your friends are at church. And I'm like, who? 
<laughs> she's like, oh, Kellen, I'm, you know, Kellen, Stacy, Tanya, uh, the Cootses, da 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 da, all these people I've grown up with. And I'm like, oh, wow. And she's like, yeah, Kellen's the pastor. I was like, oh, cut it out. <laughs> um, but anyway, I said, hey, that's cool. That's awesome for them. But, you know, that's still not my thing. I'm, I'm not interested in coming along. Things progressed. Uh, Gail was away, Melissa's mum, and I felt sorry for Melissa going by herself. So I, was, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll come along. So right, I'll come along. This, you know, this couple Be of the later. man, step you it know, up. Come along and escort you, have a bit of a giggle down the back. <laughs> um, you know, so I've turned up and I've been sitting down the back there and just listening. And the first, the first sermon I heard was um, Pastor Sam Bailey, and he was talking about the Bible and why, why we can believe the Bible. You know, why... The Bible's real, and I'm I'm sitting down there going, this will be good, you know, come on, because my perception of what the Bible was was totally uneducated, just what I've seen on TV or, you know, me and my non-Christian mates have talked about the Bible, etc. You know, written by some dudes who just wanted power and money and and to be able to run the show, you know. (laughs) This group of guys back in the old days have set the world up like that for themselves. Uh, (laughs) But at the end of it, by the end of it, because of the way he presented that information in such a, a, a logical and, and, and honest manner, especially the logic bit, because I'm very much a one plus one is two, except for the, you know, the Trinity now, I know this, but at the time, <laughs> if you try and tell me anything other than logic, you, know, you try and tell me that one plus one equals anything other than two, I wasn't interested. And so he's presented the information in such a way that I was open to accept it. And I walked out of there and I was like, all right, I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> I still don't believe in, in God or anything, but I'll give you that it's probably likely that the Bible may have some truth to it. Uh, so, yeah, we've, I've got over there, and it was pretty much over about another 10 weeks, I suppose, we've um, going to life groups. Essentially, I went to life group just to be a nuisance and bring up some of those tough questions like, uh, if God is real, why do... Why do bad things happen? You know, and as someone who was, was abused as a child, wow. for me to get my mind around that was a very, very it was a very big wall that I had to had to get through. But through But why is there evil in the world? I mean, exactly. how can that if God is good, why why is there evil? Why why does he allow that? And that was probably the biggest ba- uh, barrier I had between me, me and God. And God showed me, you know, through those life groups where I could put you know, bring up those questions through the Word. I started trying to have a bit of a read of the Bible and, and coming to some more sermons with Melissa um, where there were sermons on, on that. It took all three of those things repeatedly to finally break that, that wall down, I suppose. Yeah, I think that would have been the time we were going through that series. I I believe in what, what, and, and looking at those type of... Mm. Uh, so you turned up at the right time, logical Leon. Well, of course, I'm sitting there as well. So this is, every, it seemed, because I wouldn't go to church every week. You know, I went a couple of weeks later with Melissa and I went three weeks later. But it was like every time I turned up to something, one of my questions, or one of my barriers was getting broken down, was being answered, which I did at the time think, right, Kellen and Melissa are up to cahoots <laughs> and getting this. <laughs> you know, something's secret, going on here. Secret plan. Um, but yeah, Leon's every time on I turned seat up. six, Leon's on seat six. <laughs> Sermon, go, go, go. <laughs> but um, at the end, anyway, so I've gone through about 10 weeks of, nah, nah, nah. Yes, okay, I, I'll believe that a little bit, but there's still this other problem and there's this other problem. And um, it was when John Steele, as was mentioned earlier. I was going to say, he wasn't shy either. I mean, every week, 
after I uh, met, uh, met him, he would, he would just straight away bring up those questions. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about, uh, what about, it's like, man, we've got to pray for this guy. He's, <laughs> mate, he is, he, you know, he needs all the help and I'm, uh, we, can, we can give him. And so, uh, uh, you know, he, he was, and, and I think it's great to have questions like that. And we, uh, um, and I always find with those questions, sometimes we think, oh, I'm the, probably the first one to ask those questions. But these are questions that have been asked throughout history and, and that, that great minds have, have, have thought about and philosophers have, have wrapped their things around. And, and again, some of those sermons are on if you're here today and you go, man, I, I want to know. But some of those sermons uh, ho- hopefully uh, will do that course again and, and touch those type of stuff because they're big, they're big subjects. They're big subjects. So. And it just shows the importance, just a little plug for connect groups here, why it's so good to be in connect groups. It helps uh, do that community and do that uh, 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 type of thing. So what happened to you? How did you see so you come in every week? Yeah, 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 doing that. So originally you come in to just support Melissa. Maybe somewhere along that you change and thought, no, I'm just pretending now. I'll come in, but I actually want to get that. What was that moment that that changed you. I, I think if we ask many people here, what was that encounter moment where suddenly the skeptic becomes a believer or that's so what, where, where was that moment? How did that happen? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I've turned up again to church just, you know, one another random week I've decided to come along with Melissa. <laughs> and I'm sitting pretty regular then. I'm sitting down in the back with uh, Mux or, or Mike, as some of you might know, I'm Callan's dad. Cause I'd always go to the back and my back brothers. <laughs> And I'd be down the back and, um, you know, leaning back, having, you know, you know, having a bit of a giggle to myself sometimes about these crazy people up the front with their hands up and jumping around and stuff. And um, <laughs> The happy clappies. Anyway, John Steele, he's given a real powerful message um, in, in about, I can't remember exactly what about, but essentially it was about, you know, just stepping out and doing stuff. And, and it's going, he's gone through it, and at the end, um, we've got to the whole, you know, with every eye closed and every head bowed but and um we're sitting there and he didn't say it <laughs> so everyone's sitting there with their heads up and their eyes open and i'm sitting at the back there and i'm uh, boxing there and I'm, no one's going to put their hand up today shame <laughs> you know, everyone everyone's got their eyes open check this out uh, what a mistake god oh, this guy he obviously doesn't know what he's up to anyway. <laughs> no of course not but so i'm sitting down there sort of having a bit of a chuckle to myself and um Anyway, he starts counting down, you know, and he gets these, you know, one, and I'm like, in my heart, I feel not a, not a verbal, it wasn't verbal, someone saying to me through my ears, I suppose, you know, it's time to put your hand up, but in my heart, I felt and knew, it was like a whisper in your heart, you know, it's, it's time to put your hand up, and I'm sitting there, no, oh, no, no way, I'm putting my hand up, you know, my mind kicked in, no way, look at this, people were looking, you know. <laughs> And he goes, two, and it just, the, the, the feeling inside my heart built even more, and it got even longer, and it, you know, or louder, and it's like, hey, I've answered all your questions, Leon, it's, it's time to put your hand up. And so, of course, running through my mind is all those barriers I had, and I was, oh, yeah, fair enough, you've answered those, I suppose, but I'm like, you know, neck week, hey, let's do a neck week. <laughs> when everyone's got their eyes closed and heads bowed, because this, you know, I'm putting my hand up, and anyway, he says, three, and I'm like, boom. <laughs> And I'm down the back, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right? All right, hands up. And then it gets even worse, and he's like, I see that hand. And normally they say, oh, thank you, you know, put your, put your hand down. And he's like, I see that hand. Come up the front. 
Anyway, how they go up the front, and um, yeah, this was just awesome from there. That's, that's how it all happened for me. And so how has Christ, uh, uh, again, because it's not about church or coming to a building or coming, these are encounters where, where God touches uh, our lives. So how has Christ, uh, Jesus, changed your, your life? Um, uh, what what? How has it affected you, your family, your, your everything, all that you do? So for me, immediately I felt lighter or, or um, freer. You know, I felt free. I felt like a whole heap of worries or doubts and, and things in my life had been broken off. And I, I suppose it's to do with, um, you know, a lot of the time before, you know, before I knew God, I thought it was all about me. You know, it's all about me. I need to work harder. I need to be better, I need to get more for my family, I need to, all the pressure was on, I felt on me, and everything I'd done in the past that was bad, etc., you know, that's, that's, there was a lot, (laughs) well, there's a couple, (laughs) (laughs) a couple of hundred, but, um, so yeah, there was all that, all that going on, um, you know, but it it was just gone, I suppose, washed, or, or, or yeah, a lot, a lot, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but you, I felt, lighter and the world was a bit brighter and and stuff you know and that's how I felt straight away and from there as I've, I've got more involved in the church and I've got you know I've just immersed myself into everything I could with um, you know the men's camp and, and a live conference and um, just coming to church every opportunity I get and and getting into the word as much as I can as I've done that I just feel more and more release and and peace Wow, I suppose it's the word, and and how it's changed me, like actually in doing how I live my life is now. I used to have a very short wick, you know. If if something didn't go my way, then I would snap, you know, straight away, and I'd you know kids be naughty, bang, straight away in there with with what I'd sort of grown up with myself and and through the army where we bang, it's like this, and that's how it is, you know, mm. and um, that would get me into trouble, obviously, you know. I've been demoted a few times for. For things like fighting, and um, it's not a, it was, you know, I wasn't living a good life. My life, I wasn't happy with my life. I thought I was working hard and, and doing everything I could, but I was never, never truly happy. I always felt like under a, under a weight, I mm-hmm. suppose. And since, ever since that year and a half ago, it's, my life's just freer. You know, right. I, I, something happens, I don't, I don't cook off about it anymore. I know that. Everything that happens is for a reason. Mm. You know, God is in everything yeah. for me. Um, mm. Even the bad things. Things may not happen or turn out the way that I expect them to happen, but I. But now I can say, well, that's all right, because I know this has got part of God's plan. Okay, and there'll be a reason for this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, being able to forgive people, you know, it's, that was a big, big thing for me when I started hearing the message about forgiveness. But... Um, yeah, just being able to being able to forgive people now is really uplifting. It's really freeing. I don't know if if, if you ever get the chance to forgive some someone for something horrific they've done, do it because wow. you you'll straight away feel that that release or that that freedom come over you. Mm. Yes, I guess that's how it's affected my life anyway. As such, yeah. wow, powerful. Well, then we want to say thanks for being so open. And I mean, obviously, he shared stuff that's that's very. Uh, close and personal and you know and, and I want to appreciate you uh, for just being willing to open up 
like that and share some of the, I guess, probably the most traumatic parts of your life as well in terms of uh, the abuse and stuff, but really being open and honest. And and, to, uh, and maybe there might be people here who have been through that same type of thing. The reality is in today's world, there probably is people here who have been through that and to know that you've been able to pull through that and come out of that and, and get on the other side of it because there's, there's nothing good uh, about that. But God can take those situations and, again, make a mess, a message uh, that will change uh, people's lives. So thank you uh, uh, so so much for that, that openness. What does Anzac Day and things like that mean to you as a soldier? Uh, so Anzac Day for me personally is... Firstly, about remembrance for those who have made the you know the, the ultimate sacrifice of of giving their lives. Um, but more importantly, to me personally, is those those old vets that are still around. You know, you'll see them; they'll turn up for Anzac Day, and they're all getting older and they're all a bit more broken. And um, it just for me, really, it's about being able to get out and support them, and to be you know to make sure I am dressed correctly and I conduct myself in, in a manner that um, I suppose builds, let, lets them see that, hey, we, we're taking care of your legacy, um, which is what the Defence Force currently is, well, I, I assume for me personally, but I'm sure for a lot of my, my friends, that's how we all view it. It's trying to let those old guys know that, yeah, hey, we, we know you have done the hard graft, you've done things that we couldn't even imagine or would ever want to live through, and um, but we're we're building on that legacy, and we're we're gonna carry it through to the future for them. So for me, that's what I really get into for Anzac Day. Cool. I want to do it, Neil. If you can come, I just want to take a moment and do that. When uh, you know, as a nation, we did that uh, last week, but I just think it's a good thing with Leon here, a member of our uh, military, a good tribute to um, just play the last post and Ravelli to remember. Let's stand and let's just remember those who have sacrificed their lives so we can be free today. Neil. Thank you. 
They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. Can we thank Leon uh, for just sharing his heart today? And so thanks so much. God bless you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. The musicians can come, and why don't you just grab a seat for a moment, just as we uh, close, and I think as we remember the sacrifice of um, those who have given their lives, I think it's so important, especially in a church environment, to remember that the one who gave the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ. I think that's that's an important, important thing to do, and as you're here today, and Maybe like Leon, you're a skeptic or an agnostic, who knows, an atheist even. And uh, again, as you, I, I think it's interesting, it's kind of cool. Sometimes we meet at church every week, but we don't know what each other do. And, uh, you know, oh, he's, he's a soldier or a, a policeman and, or a, a this or a that. And, and it's, it's cool to be able to realize the influence and different things that, that different people have right across. We've got, I can see nurses back there. I can see, uh, you know, professionals and um, fiber technicians. I can see different ones uh, studying and things to, to be something, to have influence. But whatever it is, you found yourself here, here today. And I want to ask this question, maybe if it's your first time here today, do you need to get right with God. Do you, like Leon was in that, that moment, coming into to a church environment, he's like, oh, the happy clappies. And the, I mean, we, there's no doubt we get excited about God. I, I mean, and, 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 and understand where it's not because we're just like, let's just do that because we're, we're crazy. We do it because we get a little bit excited because you see, we were lost and now we were found. We were blind and now we, we, we see something that we couldn't see before and God changed changed our life, but I don't want to end any service without giving people here an opportunity to, to allow that same God that touched Leon's life in that moment, that touched his heart, to touch yours. And just as Leon had a chance to respond to that and say, yes, yes, God, I want to give you that chance today to respond to that same God. The Bible says that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks and he's not going to push his way in. He's not some sort of boss that's going to come in and, you know, I'm, I'm coming in no matter what. We, we, we have to open our heart. But there's a, there's a place where, where he calls us, where he calls us. The Bible says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And he calls us. See, a lot of people have sacrificed their life for their nation and sacrificed their life for for our people so, so that we have freedom. But the, the difference with Christ is He sacrificed not only for His friends, but for His enemies, that all can know freedom, so that all of us here can know the freedom from the tyranny of sin. The Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. How was that attained? Through His sacrificial death on a cross. You're saying, Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know what I've done. Friends, I want to tell you the powerful story of the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is and what He has done and His ability. We can't do it in our own strength. 
Do you need to get right with God today? If you were to die, where would you spend eternity? Do you know? Why not today say yes to Christ? What has Christ done? I read a story this week. Maybe you heard it in the news about a a judge in North Carolina to a veteran. The veteran was on trial. He'd been disorderly in some post-traumatic stress disorder. And so in the town he was living in, he had been disorderly. And so before the judge, he stood and the judge said, I sentence you to 24 hours in jail. As the man was taken out, the judge joined him and actually the judge put him in his car and actually took the veteran along because the judge himself was a veteran and he understood the, the problems of being a veteran and the judge actually drove him down to the jail. When they took him, the judge took him to the place where they opened the cells, they put the guy in. As the guy turned around to sit down, the judge also walked into the cell. This actually happened this week. You can, you can search for it. And they shut the door behind him. And the judge stayed in the cell with the guy to serve that sentence out with him. Because he's like, I know what you're going through. I want to tell you, Jesus knows what you're going through. Yeah. But here's what Christ did. He didn't just come in the cell. What he did is he took our penalty, our penalty, the wages of sin or death. There's a cost to it. But the gift of God is eternal life. What he did is he served our time for our crime that we could be free. We didn't stay in the jail. He released us like Barabbas was released on the cross. We were no longer had to stay in that cell. The judge himself, the one who passed the sentence, uh, then, then fulfilled the sentence himself. That's what Jesus has done. If you're trying to understand what is the power of the gospel, it's the fact that there's a God in heaven. Instead of us reaching up to man, God reached down to us and made a way where there seemed to be no way. You need to get right with this God today. You say, I don't know if he loves me. I, I'm telling you, I know he loves you. How do I know? Because I know. How much does he love you? This much. This much. Do you need to get right with God today, friend?